Next on BYU Sports Nation, countdown to a new conference? What if I told you Gonzaga and BYU have never been discussed as a package deal to the Mountain West? Plus our two-on-ones from spring football practice, emerging running back Zach Katoa and defensive coordinator Elisa Tuiaki. Which is more likely for BYU, a New Year's Six bowl game or an Elite Eight basketball run in the NCAA tournament? Plus, can BYU make a field goal of 50-plus yards? Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation. Brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Wherever and however you're dialed in, great to have you with us as we get back to work. In a new week, I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with Sister Jean's number one fan, Jerem Jordan. How about Loyola Chicago, man? I, I've known about the Ramblers for a while, but their men's volleyball team. They've won a couple of national championships. BYU even played. Loyola lost the first match of the year to the Ramblers. And then the men's basketball team goes off, which is pretty cool to see. I like seeing the 11 seed uh, make the Final Four. Will the 11 seed Ramblers beat Michigan to get to the championship game? It feels pretty chalky on the other side with a couple of one seats, but we'll see. I had Duke winning the national championship, so I wanted Duke to win yesterday. But uh, an OT game, Kansas-Duke, that was fun, man. The, the tournament always delivers. It's Grayson fun. Allen is .2 millimeters from sending Duke into the Final Four with his final shot. Doesn't go down. But going back to Loyola Chicago, flashbacks of George Mason in 2006. VCU. Shaka Smart's team, VCU. B- had BYU defeated Florida. Jim for that senior year. They would have played Butler and VCU. <laughs> or was it VCU Butler? I can't remember. But VCU was in the path. Yeah, an 11 seed there is a lot of fun. And we'll over. see. You line it up, play the game. That's why they play the game. With that said, rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Countdown to conference shakeup. Dennis Dodd of CBS Sports released the latest article in the Gonzaga to the Mountain West discussion. And I quote, in a perfect world, Gonzaga will make a decision about its conference affiliation in the next two weeks as potential exists for it to join the Mountain West ahead of the 2018-19 season, athletic director Mike Roth told CBS Sports. Roth added, Jerem, but there is no such thing as perfect worlds in the crazy world of college athletics. Quite the sentence. Roth also shot down rumors stating Gonzaga and BYU were headed to the Mountain West as part of a package deal. Jeremy, in two weeks, Gonzaga will be a member of which conference? The Ohio Vat. No, the West Coast Conference. I don't see this happening in the next two weeks. Of course, I could be wrong. Things could happen quickly. I feel like the Zags have a game plan. It's just whether it's going to be executed in the next two weeks. That would be quick for me. It really would. And if Gonzaga goes to the Mountain West, they just got bored with the West Coast Conference. They just got bored because they can use the leverage to get more revenue sharing. They can continue to dominate. They can be a top four seed. They've been a one seed twice. They've been to the final four in the last five seasons in the West Coast Conference, despite the low RPIs and the small gyms and the small amount of TV revenue, blah, 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 blah. If Gonzaga goes to the Mountain West Conference in the, two week, in the next two weeks, they've wanted to go for a while. 
Gonzaga will be in the West Coast Conference. The Zags want more units. Translation, money. Money, money, money! And they're going to get it. This is a ploy to get more money that they deserve because they have been the program in the West Coast Conference. Men's Hoops is the West Coast Conference brand. It is. And Gonzaga is the leader of the pack and have been for a couple of decades. Like, they deserve more money. What does Gonzaga gain by leaving the WCC? Playing against better opponents? Overall, as a conference, the RPI would be higher. Yeah. But the model is working right now for Gonzaga. It is. Ultimately, can the Zags be a number one or a number two seed in the NCAA tournament coming out of the West Coast Conference? Yes. That's not a question. It's happened twice. They've done it several times. So the model's working. What what do they gain? Better competition. But other than that, what's there? Bigger gyms, more TV revenue, but it's not that much more. They can can get more money from the West Coast Conference that would alleviate them wanting to get more money out of a TV deal. Right? Yeah. Like, how much more are you getting a year? Is it worth it? Like, is a million bucks worth it? A million bucks in college athletics is not a lot of money. That's nothing. That's nothing. Come on. Spencer, over the weekend, Loyola, Chicago, and 11 seed, as we mentioned, clinched a berth into the Final Four. They're tied for the lowest seed to ever make a Final Four and the fourth 11 to ever do so. Spencer, which is more likely for BYU at some point Whoa, in the future? Whoa, okay. A New Year's Six Bowl or an Elite Eight run in the NCAAs? Blue goggle alert. I didn't come up blue with these. I just want to I know. I know. Let me adjust these blue goggles so that I can accurately answer this question. Can you even see those through there? I, hold on. Let me, let me wow. take a look. All oh, right. now I see oh, it. Yeah, yeah. I see both. Coming into view. Eric Mika, is that you from the past? Large and extra large blue goggles on, respectively, here in Studio B. (laughs) These are so stupid. More likely for BYU, an Elite Eight run. Because they've done it before, and because you just need to get into the tournament to have a shot at doing that, right? There, There are so many moving parts for football, and the number one thing that screams to me that BYU won't be in a New Year's Six Bowl game is the fact that I got to take these off now. (laughs) I got to take these off now because I'm going to reason and logic. BYU plays an independent schedule that is ridiculously hard. Thank you. Like, BYU would have to go undefeated or maybe lose a game against a ridiculously tough schedule to be considered for a New Year's Six Bowl game berth. Is that more likely to happen than the Cougars – getting into the NCAA tournament and drawing some favorable matchups and winning a big game or two and getting to the Elite Eight, I don't think that football is more likely because of the, the way that the schedule is laid out in independence. It's so difficult to lose one game or go undefeated in that. It's Elite Eight. It's Elite Eight because you just need to win three games. It's three games. Isn't that crazy? And you need some upsets. Like, Loyola Chicago didn't have to play Cincinnati. They played Nevada, who beat Cincinnati. Yes. Like, had they had to go through three, two, one to get it into the final four, they ain't getting in the and final four credit, winning those three. They beat Miami and Tennessee, yes. but they caught a break in the Sweet 16. A six and a three and a seven. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that all helps. That all helps. And now I'm taking these off. Okay. Just out of control. Jeremy, I've got three guarantees for you today. One of them is oh. not the Elite Eight for BYU basketball. <laughs> Which would be nice. Death, taxes, and the BYU quarterback being the most talked about position on the football team. We all know the QB battle is the headline story leading up to game number one in early September. That said, there is another battle, or other battles, I should say, of intrigue happening other than the quarterback. 
That of who comes to mind will be the guy behind the quarterback at running back. Yet at this point of spring ball, offensive coordinator Jeff Grimes says nobody has risen to the top. That's the case for a lot of positions as the Cougars look to bounce back from a 4-9 and nine season. They're making progress. Um, I, I don't think anyone has really stepped out yet and proven that they're the guy. But I like the progress that they're making. Coach Stewart is doing a great job with those guys. I, again, building their mindset first, um, developing toughness, willingness to block, and reliability. Jerem, should we be concerned that there has not been separation, according to the offensive coordinator, in the running back position battle? I say no, uh, because just like the quarterback position, I need I think BYU needs spring ball to evaluate fully. It's not that many practices. What, what practice is today, like eight, nine? That's not that many practices. Like, would we make this kind of assessment in basketball? Why hasn't the backup point guard been determined through eight practices? That just sounds ridiculous. I think you need spring ball, and then, then you go forward from there. Did a guy emerge? Now, the bigger question is, is it a bigger issue that last year and this year that there's not a guy per se? Okay, that's where my concern lies. Yes. And don't you need multiple? That's been the theme of the BYU offense, right? That word, multiple? You're not going to have a Jamal Williams with this group per se, but you could have some good quality running backs. That might be a bigger issue that you don't have a guy not standing out, but just capable of that. I think BYU's got some good backs. I don't know that they have one that like Wisconsin's going to be specifically scouting for and nervous about. I'll worry if we get to 10 days or two weeks before game number one and the rhetoric is the same. That would be an issue. Okay. Then that, that would make me worry, but I don't think that's going to happen. I think through fall camp, we'll start to see that depth chart and a guy will emerge. Jeff Grimes will anoint a running back. There's enough guys. And it's not going to be a guy. Like, tell me which guy is going to lead BYU to the promised land. No, there'll be, be there, there'll be two or three guys. If not more. You don't want it to be eight like last year. That means you had injuries or ineptitude, the two eyes. You don't want those. But it's got to be somebody. Yeah, right? there will be two or three guys. Spencer, a lot has been made of the competition for the starting quarterback spot, as you mentioned, and even running back. Okay? Mm-hmm. But what is the most intriguing non-quarterback position battle to you, maybe besides running back, since we just brought that up? Yeah, no. see, the easy answer is running back for all the reasons that we just discussed. But for me, it's probably what happens at the safety position because there have been guys moved back. So in the defensive backfield, who are going to be the corners? If Diane Lake and Troy Warner are moving back to safety and Zane Anderson is moving up to linebacker, who emerges on the corner? I've heard a lot of news about Michael Shelton, who is not a big guy but has worked really hard. And You hope he's Brian Logan part two, right? Is, from what we can tell, a really solid cover option. Chris Wilcox is another guy that the defensive coaches like, and they like his speed and his length at 6'2". But are those the guys? I feel like we could see some young players get some serious reps in early big games at the defensive back position. That scares me a little bit. Other than running back, it's got to be the corners because I think youth is going to play a factor in that this season. To me, it's the offensive line. The offense is as good as the offensive line. If you don't have time to throw, if you don't have a push, then forget about it. Buey graduated the interior. Left guard, Kean Norman. Center, Tijon Chrome was here for 18 straight seasons. And right guard, Tooney Knooch. New offensive coordinator, Jeff Grimes, agrees with me. Those guys should be the tip of the spear. And, and I talked to them, challenged them, 
uh, in our in our group meeting today and, and told them that they're the guys who lead us into battle. And if they don't lead us into battle, um, then no one else can or will do anything. Tristan Hodge, James Empey, Jacob Jimenez, Austin Hoyt, Louis Lapuahu, like these guys and more need to bring it, especially because Pui's playing a schedule that is too hard. Four Power 5 teams on the road, plus Boise State and Cal at home. Like, it's just really, really difficult. I'll tell you what I love about the list you just rattled off. A lot of experience and names in there that have been around for a while. A lot of pancakes, man. Yeah, I like that. Thomas Schoff, experience coming back. Harris Lachance, a freshman that could see some run. Right? There's, there's some guys there. There's some guys. But these guys, like, it needs to be the 9 crew. You remember 08, BYU graduated a bunch of the O-line, went into the game against Oklahoma. Harvey Unga didn't play. And then kind of these unsung guys on the offensive line had uh, a good enough push to beat Oklahoma. With Brian Correa. With Brian Correa. It didn't matter who the running back was as much as the O-lines play. To me, BYU's got capable running backs, good enough. Now the O-line needs to, to do some real damage. BYU football has not made a 50-plus-yard field goal since 2006. That's incredible. In the 11 seasons since that time, the Cougars have only attempted six field goals of 50-plus. Obviously, they've come up unsuccessful. Jaron, with an All-American high school kicker and Skylar Southam coming into the program and the addition of Cash Peterman, who posted a video over the weekend of him kicking made field goals from 50, 55, and 60. Homie's name is Cash. <laughs> Perfect name for a kicker, by the way. Confident parents, I'll tell you. I that. repeat, 50, 55, <laughs> and 60 yards away. I ask you this question, my friend. Will BYU make a 50-plus yard field goal this season? Yes. BYU. BYU will. BYU will make one because they have not one but two dudes that can make it. Now, beware the, uh, you know, like Elite 11 quarterback at BYU recently, right? Tanner Mangum hoping to bounce back. Beware the All-American, you know, kicker. Justin Sorensen had, uh, he was consistent, he was quality, but BYU was hoping that he would get a little, fir- you know, get, get some 50-plus yarders having had success in uh, high school, even kicking a 60-plus yarder in high school, if I'm not mistaken. One of the big differences between BYU and Utah to me is the ability the Utes have to get a guy who can kick 50-plus. Andy Phillips, now Matt Gay. Since 2007, BYU has lost nine games by three or fewer, including all four losses in 2016. Oh, it hurts. Remember that 2012 team, one of the best defenses in Cougar history? Two of the three losses came by three or fewer. Show me a good kicker, and I will show you a winning team. Nay, a, win- a team that can push to nine or ten wins. BYU's gone to the Australian pipeline for a punter. Yep, Danny Jones. Now do they have a guy that can kick consistently long field goals? And by long, it's not automatically 50. Can, we- can BYU go 45-plus? No, no, no. Get into 50s. Listen, 33 to the 42-yard line. And then you can kick a field goal. You have to be able to get into that distance. 50 to 59. Yes. And be able to kick one. Come on. BYU has a guy, maybe two, that can kick a 50-plus yard field goal in a game. And then uh, Jake Oldroyd next season. Not this season, but the next. They have moxie. Okay, The fact that they put out this challenge on social media, Cash Peterman, like he and Skylar Southam going back and forth, I like that. Because they're like, no, I, I can kick the ball a long way. I'm, I'm a better kicker than you. There's nothing more compelling than kicking videos 
against each other. <laughs> well, that's about as exciting as it gets for a kicker, right? Yes. You know, I like that they have the confidence and the swagger sure. to put that out there. Sure. Like, no, I can, I'm going to bring it. Now, there's no rush, blah, blah, blah. But the fact that they have the leg is the point. The launch angle has got to be high. Shout out to Jared McLaughlin. Yeah. 06? That's one of the more pathetic and stats. he kicked around. two 50-plus yard field goals that season. 06, an 11-2 and record. Oh, how about that? How about that? Run and tell that, homeboy, homeboy. Do you remember how exciting it was to watch Red Allman kick a 45-yard field goal against Fresno State? I don't. <laughs> I, I, looked I, at, I would not categorize I looked this at as exciting. several people on the sideline like, did BYU just make a 45-yard field goal? Well, when, when BYU What had, a time to be record, alive! When BYU had the record it had, that was an exciting moment. Oh, oh, man. Come on. Our question of the day, what's the most intriguing non-quarterback <laughs> position battle in BYU's Kicker! Football? Maybe it's kicker. Lonesome kicker! Maybe it's kicker. At R. Greenhaw tweets in, running back, do you go with veterans and experience, like Squally Canada, or clear, untested talent, like Zach Katoa, who we will talk to shortly? You go with the best players, in my opinion. Coming up, why defensive coordinator Elisa Tuiaki is concerned about his players, players using Madden as a case study on good defense. Mmm. <laughs> No dime defense against goal line. Plus, he's an early candidate for BYU Spring Football MVP. We're two-on-one with running back Zach Katoa. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Friday, we will be live from the indoor practice facility with BYU Football Pro Day. Two hours of coverage from noon to 2 Eastern time as the Cougar players try and break into the NFL, led by Fred Warner. It's Pro Day Friday for the first time ever on BYU TV and BYU Radio. I know you've been working on that vert, man. I have not. Welcome back, BYU Sports And especially not that bench press. Nationally simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. The conversation rolling right now on social media. Check us out on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Use the hashtag BYUSN whenever you respond. Our question of the day, what is the most intriguing non-quarterback position battle in BYU spring football? Backup left guard. Now I want to look Says at that. Says no one. <laughs> now I actually want to look at that because you bring that up. Well, maybe it's... Uh... At one bald Cairo duck with this tweet. Coaching. With all the coaching mm. replacements and shifts, is there going to be a significant change on the field, both mentally and physically? That includes coming out onto the field to play. That fire was missing last season. I believe the culture has changed. We will see on the field in the fall. It's one thing to do it in spring or perceived to do it. But that's – listen – when the red, when you stink, the rhetoric is we've got to change the culture. The pendulum, pendulum swings. swings. The pendulum always swings from loose, player-friendly to strict culture change. Yeah, that's where we're at. Whoosh, right there. We just talked about the BYU running backs and the battle brewing for the guy in the 2018 season. Now, an The early, guys, probably, right? Yeah, the, the guys. guys. The guys. An early yeah. candidate for spring football MVP. Which is... Via what his teammates have said. Which is, which is as good as independent all-league by Phil Steele. Because <laughs> there's four teams. That's Our spring all, game yeah. and spring MVP last year was Matt Bushman. Okay? It was Matt Bushman. That guy was good. This year, it's shaping up to be Zach Katoa, mm. who just returned from his mission a little under a year ago from Independence, Missouri. Shout out to Jason Shepard, his hometown. We went two-on-one on Friday with Zach Katoa to find out how he feels 
about being potentially one of the guys and his teammates saying nice things about him. Here we go, BYU Football All Access. Zach, officially, welcome to BYU Sports Nation. The moving pictures are all on you. Don't get nervous, uh, but great to have you with us. Thank you. It's good to be here. Appreciate it. Fred Warner said last year, early when you got back from your mission and were practicing with the, the practice squad at BYU, that he thought you needed to be on the field. And he approached the coach and said, can, can that guy be the BYU running back? Um, why do you feel like you were able to transition back so quickly from your mission? To be honest, I don't, I don't know if I believe that, honestly, at that time. Um, but I think it was just because it was like no pressure. Um, my mission also helped me just to have a good mindset, have a good perspective, and so I was just able to come out and have fun, and I think that's why I, like, I did well because I was just playing loose and having fun. Well, you certainly are catching everybody's eye because everybody we talk to talks about how impressed they are with you. What has this season so far been like for you? It's been really eye-opening, I guess. Um, it's been a lot of fun just working and seeing like where I match up. And being surrounded by a lot of like hard workers and, and great teammates around me makes it easier to, to play at a high level to try to do my best for them as well. How would you describe yourself as a player to somebody that's never seen you on a football field? Um, I think that, like, especially as a running back, I try to be balanced, try not to have there be a play that I can't run, um, just try to be reliable. Um, I think that, yeah, just willing to, to work and do what I can. Does it help for you as somebody that's trying to get more playing time and catch the eye of the coaches that there is a new offensive staff that has pretty much told everybody you guys are all on a level playing field and everybody's going to get a chance to earn it? Yeah, for sure. I think it's helped uh, everybody on the offense just to for the people who were starting to step up their game, to know that their position's not on lock, and then those guys who are coming up to, to see that it's a, you know, it's a clear field. Anybody can go get the job, so it's been nice. You have an interesting story of how you got to BYU. Uh, you have ties to Kalani at Oregon State. So walk us through the timeline of your senior year in high school to now after your mission and, and are at BYU. For sure. So Kalani's always been there um, from the beginning of the recruiting process in high school. And he's always been super honest with me, always appreciated like who he was as a coach. And then when he went to Oregon State, he offered me a scholarship. I went to see Corvallis, and I loved it out there. And then so that's where I was going to go. And then... I heard on my mission there was a senior couple who would keep me in the loop. <laughs> and so he told me about Kalani coming to BYU, and I was like, wow, that's, that's awesome. And I just saw a little, you know, the little hope to come to BYU, stay around my hometown, and then it, it worked out. You had an insider senior missionary couple yeah, that's, slipping you notes and tidbits about BYU football. <laughs> so did you grow up a BYU fan? Was this the team that you rooted for growing up? No, I was born in Texas, so I was a big like Longhorns fan growing up. And so I didn't really like care too much about BYU football, I guess. But well, and then you saw Taysom Hill jump over Texas, I did right? see that. I was in my Longhorns gear, and I slowly had to just remove it. <laughs> so before I caught too much uh, attention. But yeah. So what is it, besides obviously the connection to Kalani, what was it about BYU that, that you said, this, is, this is, would be a really good place for me to end up? Absolutely. Um, one, being around my family, like my family so important to me, being able to drive 20 minutes down the road, see them whenever I, I can is, is amazing. Not a lot of guys have that, you know, that privilege. And then just to be able to continue to develop my faith here, uh, being you know, uh, church school was another huge blessing just to be in a good environment. What do you think of the new offense? And I know you can't say a ton about what BYU is going to do specifically. And, uh, again, it's, it's all gamesmanship and a, sure. a mystery. But how do you feel about the effectiveness and the style of the new offense? I'm super excited. Um, 
it's it's fast pace. Um, little things really matter, and so we're we're really trying just to be disciplined. And I think that those things alone will set us apart from a lot of teams. During the spring, we've talked a lot about position rooms and how the quarterback position is doing in that room. How's that room look? What's the running back room like? Uh, I feel like it's a it's it's a good like unity in there. It's not like you know we're trying to push each other aside. We're trying to help each other to get better. We understand the best man will play. And so, you know, when I see Squally make a good play, when I see Kavika, whoever it is, I'm excited for him. And then we just hope to, to play at that standard as well. well. What about Coach Stewart? I mean, it's not like he's that much older, it seems, than you guys. He looks like he could fit right into that group. <laughs> he's awesome. He, he's all business. Um, he's, he's coached us up. He's cared about us, not only in football, and, but just all aspects of our lives. He's really taking care of us. What does going through a 4-9 and nine season do for a team mentality and for you as an individual? Right. I think there's just a lot of lots of proof, you know, to have a chip on your shoulder when you're working out. Um, I think right after the season ended, we started those workouts, and from there on it's been just a, a – there's been a fire in everybody, and I've seen it from there. What have you seen from the quarterbacks? That's, you know, everybody wants to know about BYU quarterback situation. You're around these guys. You see how they work. What has stood out uh, to you about them? For sure. They're hard workers. That's what I see. When I see them, where, wherever they are, weight room or anything, they're, they're all working hard. Um, and just like I said, it's helping everybody to play at a higher level because they're all keeping each other to a high standard. You told us that your middle name is Lopini, and it means yes, Robin, right? Yes, sir. Okay, so uh, if you are the Robin Hood of BYU football, <laughs> how does that translate to stealing from the poor, or sorry, stealing from the rich and giving to the poor? Uh, Man, I got to think about that one. I don't know. I don't know. I guess just uh, stealing some gear and giving it to kids. Like, no, I, just, I don't know. Don't so no, we said, though, that, uh, and Coach Sataki mentioned this, he doesn't call you Zach. He, he calls you uh, Lopini, yeah. So is, does everybody know that when he says that he's talking about you? Yeah, for sure. That's what, really, that's what I go by. Like, at home, I call me Beanie for short, for short for Lopini. That's my name, yeah. So that's what I usually respond to anyway, so. It's not like a big change for me. Okay, best part of your game. What do you do best? Shoot, I don't know. When I'm in the film room, I don't see a lot. Because <laughs> you see little details, but I don't know. I think uh, I just try to play hard, um, no matter what the play is. No matter if I'm uh, like on a fake or, or pass blocking, I just want to play all out. Just play every play like, like I'm an important piece of that play. Certainly it's very early, but what makes you most excited about the potential of this offense and this team? I think the balance that we have um, is really exciting. Um, we can take shots down the field. Um, we can punch it you know, and move the line of scrimmage with our own line, and, and the running backs can hit the holes hard. So I think it's, it's pretty dangerous what we can do with our balance. Zach, it's been great to talk to you, man. Appreciate it. Or we should call you... Beanie or Beanie, Lopini. Yes. Are, we, are we allowed to call you that? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Robin Hood sure. in the house, man. <laughs> Thanks, Zach. Uh, appreciate it. Thank you. Zach Katoa, one of the running backs for BYU football. First interview on BYU Sports Nation. You just nice. heard it. If you missed any of it, you can always download the podcast and re-listen to everything from Robin Hood Lopini. of BYU football. Lopini. Robin, Robin Hood. Yeah. Nice. Hopefully he steals from defenses. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's yes. What's up? Coming up, defensive coordinator Lysa Tuiaki breaks down the Cougar D so far in spring ball. Is what Gonzaga decides to do in the next two weeks the biggest story in BYU sports right now? And the news from the Hill, Utah, that might affect BYU. Ah. Just happened. Ah.
Saturday morning, we'll be live at 11 a.m. Eastern Time with our Countdown to Conference special. It's a live hour before LDS General Conference, Saturday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time here on BYU TV. Welcome back, sports friends. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan in Radio Vision, live on BYU Radio, national simulcast on BYU TV. We are on demand anytime, anywhere. I have a feeling that we're going to go to some headlines. It's your BYU Sports Nation headline. Yep, the feeling was right. Now entering week four of BYU spring football, 10 practices in to, what is it, Jerem, the fourth most popular sport on campus? Yep. We'll have post-practice reaction and interviews today on the BYU TV Sports Facebook page at roughly 1.10 p.m. Eastern. As a reminder, for the first time ever, Pro Day, including Fred Warner, T. John Karoma, Travis Tuiloma happens live on BYU TV this week, Friday at noon Eastern time. BYU baseball won the series against Gonzaga 2-1 over the weekend. The Cougars beat the Bulldogs Friday 6-2, and then the Zags won on Saturday 4-3. The Cougars play at Utah Valley tomorrow on BYU Radio. 21st-ranked BYU Gymnastics finishing second at the Mountain Rim Gymnastics Conference Championships on Saturday, scoring an even 196 behind only Boise State Shannon Hortman-Evans. Took the all-around championship title. The region selection show happens today at 4 Eastern on NCAA.com. BYU finds out where they will compete and their road to what they hope is a magical run to the Final 12. A Loyola Chicago-like run, I think. BYU softball upsets 13th-ranked Baylor 3-1 on back-to-back homers from Caitlin Aldridge and Madison Merrill. Unfortunately, this wasn't a conference game like we all hoped two years ago. Cougars finished 2-2 two two with the LSU round-robin tournament with wins over Baylor and North Dakota State, and both losses coming at the hands of the 10th-ranked LSU no longer fighting Jeff Graham's Tigers. Now there is a bit of emerging news from Salt Lake City, Utah, on the Hill featuring University of Utah Athletic Director Chris Hill, who just announced that he will retire at the end of this athletic calendar year. 31 years at the helm, longest-tenured athletic director in the NCAA. The impact on BYU is, will the new athletic director appreciate the BYU-Utah rivalry uh, in football, in basketball, and whatnot to keep it going? Now, there was a hiatus in football. It was only one year. Utah won it two, ended up being one with the bowl game, 2015 Las Vegas Bowl. There was obviously a year of no hoops because of Larry Kriskoviak. Uh, will the new AD, who generally controls football scheduling, not as much basketball, but sanctions those ideas to some degree, appreciate the BYU and Utah rivalry? Now, if it's an internal candidate, probably. If it's someone from the outside coming in, you just hope that they appreciate it because BYU and Utah needs to be played in all sports every year. I'm guessing that will be item number one or two on the agenda whenever the new athletic director is Really? One or two from their perspective? Just they don't the, think of BYU in that light. I well, who's they? The Utes. Is that Chris Hill? No, their number one concerns are Pac-12. How many stickers do we order each year for the cars? <laughs> that kind of stuff. You no, don't think BYU, BYU is would not be one? No, no. You don't think would be number no. two no. on that list, keeping that rivalry alive and well. If BYU was in the Big Twelve and Utah was in the West Coast Conference, we wouldn't worry about the Utes. We would worry about our league play okay, I'm, and I'm, money and expansion. I'm, I'm fine and with that. I'm fine with that. But facilities. The backlash. There's a reason that people like Charles Barkley, for the random reason, is bringing up BYU and Utah and rivalries not happening. Okay, it's at the forefront. 
It's high on the list. It's not one or two, though. That's it's high point. on the list. I agree with you. It's high. It's not one or two to the youth. Okay. They're, they're taking... Number can- four. Hold on. Hold on. They're taking candidates for you to... Okay. Uh, what's your name? Uh, what's your information? What's your uh, resume? Okay. okay. How do you care about BYU and Utah? They're not asking that initially. They want like, things it's to a resonate. Deal, for sure. For they sure. want things to resonate with the fan base and In the, the rivalry resonates. More, the, their conference affiliation matters way more. I didn't say that it doesn't. Then from their perspective, lowly BYU, 45 minutes south. Like BYU, it's a for, for from BYU's perspective, the Utah game is a bigger deal than from Utah to BYU because they're in a power Think five. Think about conference. the national backlash that happened because Utah and BYU canceled their series. Like Utah took a ton of flack from that from ESPN and from Fox Sports and from CBS Sports about canceling their long-standing rivalry with BYU. That was a deal. I don't I just agree I agree. I just don't think it's a top 2 thing for Utah <laughs> to to talk about okay, whatever. BYU. Like if I I'm think them, a- I'm like BYU that's like eighth. Okay, well, Fourth, may, whatever. May, maybe the new athletic director feels like it's even worse than that and that BYU is way lower than that. Who knows? What does this mean for Kyle Whittingham, too? I think it means he stays longer. It feels like there was a... Uh, Former uh, BYU football player. Yes. <laughs> he's not a Cougar now. <laughs> he was a Cougar. <laughs> but he's not a Cougar now. He's been there too long. What does it mean he's for been him? In, he's been in anime territory too long. Um I think it means he stays longer than he would have. And what of Coach Larry ADK, who opens up a New York City NIT run this week? Oh, yeah, that's going on. (laughs) Which I will not watch one second of. (laughs) The only reason I watch it is BYU's in it. (laughs) And coming up, Cougar Softball takes down a ranked Big 12 team. And it's time that we discuss... Madden video game play calling with the BYU defensive coordinator, Elisa Tuiaki. Spring football two-on-one happens next. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Fred Warner is going to be drafted. Watch him try to work his way up the draft boards with BYU Football Pro Day Friday from 12 to 2 Eastern live from the indoor practice facility on BYU TV and BYU Radio for the first time ever. Teamed up with Jerem Jordan, I'm Spencer Linton. We are live from Studio B. This is your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. Watch our daily rebroadcast weeknights on BYU TV at 6 p.m. Eastern time. Two-on-one BYU football all-access from the spring with the defensive coordinator, Elisa Tuiaki. Everything from Madden football play calling discussed to what's the update on Big Mo Longy? Check it out. E, I want to start with a video game question because we were just talking about that. (laughs) Dude, you don't want to start me on video games. (laughs) It depends how far back you want to go. I played video games now. Okay. Okay. You probably played video games at an arcade. You know, arcade, I didn't have quarters back. I, I, was, I didn't have anything. But, you know, you go to a friend's house, play the Nintendo, uh-huh, any of that stuff, uh-huh. I'm playing. Kay. Yeah, I can play. Now you've opened up a whole box of questions in my mind. Okay. Uh, but we'll start with this. If you are good at Madden football, does that make you a better defensive coordinator? Uh, not necessarily. You, you, uh, <laughs> it's probably the, the question needs to be reversed. If you're a good coordinator, you're going to be good at Madden. <laughs> and the, you'd understand the concept, concepts better. Okay. But, uh, but uh, you know, the hand-eye coordination and getting guys to do things is a little bit harder. So I was up in the, in the lounge watching a couple of players play, 
One guy comes out in goal line offense, and you know it's a run. The other guy comes out in a dime package defense. Like, dude, they're going to run all over you. And so I was telling the guy on goal line, I was like, dude, just hurry up offense. Just keep his defense on the field and keep running it. But he was like, no, 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 watch, watch me stop him. And he's got all these corners on the field trying to stop goal line run. Like, do you not pay attention in meetings? So basically what you're saying is being a coordinator has completely ruined the fun of video games. <laughs> Probably. You can't look at it any other yeah, way. They kept kind of looking up at me waiting oh, for me to man. leave. <laughs> yes. I'm so glad we asked this question. Has opened up some gold. Uh, how about actual football? Um, and I want to take you back to, I think it was a week ago today, when you said, man, the defense, we got our butts kicked by the offense today. Uh, how has the last week or so of spring ball been in trying to rectify some of the things that, that concerned you last week? Yeah, it's, 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 been, uh, it's been about the same, actually. I mean, if you I don't know how long you guys were out here, but I thought I think the offense is is doing a really good job with the development of their young talent and uh, their you know we've got young talent too. We've got guys who's you know we've got bodies that we like and personalities that we like, but they're not where we need to be yet. And and there's guys that we're counting on to to play in the fall. And so you know we're we're giving those young guys more reps than we are the the veteran guys because we know what they can do. We want to keep guys out like you know Corbin and Butch and Sean and those guys, but. Um, the young guys have got to step up, you know, like Christian Folau, the young D tackles, Lorenzo Falatea and Keanu Salipanga. They have to play well in order for us to play well in the fall. And right now we're not, we're not where we need to be defensively. Well, following up on that, not where you need to be, I know when you guys kind of schedule out what spring looks like, you know, it's a progression. And you're trying to add more things to get progressively better. Are you at least where you would want to be on the defensive side at this point of spring? Uh... I, I would still say no, but then, but I think that that's directly tied into the weight room. I think that we've got to we've got to get bigger and stronger up front. And we got the bodies, but their development is key. And uh, Newton's doing a good job. They've come a long way, but in order for us to match the intensity of the offense and where they're at, I mean, those guys are just much stronger. I mean, they're all big, right across the board. You know, the the young pups are all big, but um, we've just we've got to get more physical up front in order to change things. And then the backers and the DBs just need to have more reps. They just have to see more things and, re- and react more and see it on film and make those corrections. But, um, you know, if you it, it doesn't really matter up front to see the corrections. You just have to be big, physical, and strong in order for you to compete at this level. And we're not there yet with the young pups. And so, you know, there's, there's still a long way to go for them. Okay, so it's clear the young guys, you want to get bigger and gain experience and reps through spring ball. But you do bring some solid experience back. And you've moved some experienced guys to new positions, whether it be Diane Gawoliku back to safety, Sione Takitaki to linebacker, Zane Anderson up from safety to linebacker. What's the strength of the team after all of those position moves? Yeah, I mean, when those guys are all on the field at the same time, it's uh, we, look, we look a lot better. And, uh, you know, the experience, I think, for one, but they're all just physically – a little bit farther ahead than everybody else. And then having the game experience and the poise to be able to do all that is, is huge. Um, you know, the, the backers, I think, are, are the ones that we're excited about. I think that Zane um, is, you know, replacing a Fred Warner is, is impossible, <laughs> right? But getting, uh, getting somebody like Zane who's, who's really good in space and, and starting to come along in his development as far as gaining weight and all that has been really good for us. I mean, he's, he's done a really good job. We're pleased with him, and a lot of the scrimmages will hold him out because losing a Zane or a Butch or even a Shone changes us on defense so much that we don't even risk it for them to, to scrimmage right now. And it's the same with Corbin, you know. 
Um, but though, I think when everybody's on the field and we're healthy, I mean, super excited about Diane, super excited about Troy moving from corner to safety. I think that those guys give us something that uh, we haven't had in the past um, as far as having that speed. Um, but uh, also just guys that, that are good ball players, you know. We, we've lost a lot of good safeties in the past with, um, you know, Micah just recently, but then Kai and Akul before that. And I think that those guys moving from corner to safety is going to be good. Uh, we've got to get the development of our corners, uh, you know, to, to catch up with everybody else. And so love love Chris and where he's at. think that he's going to be a solid player. Chris Wilcox. Yeah. Um, Keenan Ellis, who redshirted last year, is going to be a really good player for us. Uh, Mike Shelton's been playing well as well. And, and uh, Travion Green's getting better. And so, the, you know, we've got a lot of guys that are there that we feel are true corners and uh, move some of the guys that we think are going to be safeties for their future to safety. And, and uh, Shonen Taktaki's too small to play DN in the NFL. And that's, that's just the truth. And he knows it and understood it. When he moved, it's, uh, he's so natural playing backer. Yeah, does he yeah. feel better? I think so, you know. I think uh, last year when we were doing a lot of our different fronts and, and moving things around and we moving from, from DN to backer, um, he was just so smooth and so natural. And so, the, I mean, the move looks like he's been playing backer his whole life. And and uh, I'm excited for him. I think he's such a disruptive force that uh, having him here is going to be good for us. You and Kalani have both have a history of having success and being able to look at somebody and say, you know, even if it's from one side of the football to the other or within the same side switching positions like we were just talking about, how does that process begin? How, how does that start? Does it start with just a comment like, hey, you know, I really think this guy could, could – you know, do well at linebacker. How does that process start in, in changing somebody's position? That, you know, I think Galani uh, needs to get credit for all of that. You know, he he comes in, he has an eye for that, eye for talent, an eye for just seeing guys uh, at different levels. And it, and it always it, it always hasn't been here. You know, other places that we've been, it's always worked out where kids have moved positions and, and uh, you know, future in the NFL and actually still some of them still playing in the NFL. And I think that Galani's got an eye for that. And uh, I'm just trying to be obedient to him, you know, when he says, <laughs> I think this guy can do this. We're like, all right, we'll move him today, <laughs> you know. And so, you know, the, he, he's just he's got an eye for it. He sees a guy doing things and and, uh, you know, we're just trying to really for us get the best players on the field um, with the development of some of the young DNs and having Shana Taktaki and Corbin. You're just like, well, shoot, man, we're going to have a, some really good DNs that are still standing on the sideline where. Maybe, you know, some of the backers shouldn't be better at them than backer. You know, it's just that, that kind of movement. And so you let the competitions develop, and, and a guy ends up taking it over and owning it, and, and we just go from there. What is the latest from the Mo Longy camp and his status in development? <laughs> he's developing, right? We're talking about young pups who need to develop. He's, he's developing. Um, he's learning to get more physical. He's learning to move his feet, use his hands, all that stuff. And, excuse me, he's got a long way to go. Um, but but the biggest thing is really just need to lose weight. You know, he's, he was way too big, and, and uh, he's done a really good job. He's under 400 now. Oh, so he has lost some significant weight. He's lost, like, close to 50 maybe or a little Whoa. bit more than that. That's impressive. Yeah, 50 yeah. pounds. I was going to say he looks slimmer. <laughs> yeah. Relative. <laughs> it's all relative. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. No, he's, he's coming along. And I think, I think uh, really for just – I don't know if he's going to have a shot to play in the next level, right? And we're all realistic with him, and he knows. But uh, for his future as a human being and as a father and all oh, that, yeah. I mean, to be able to, to get on a lifestyle that will take care of him for the rest of his life, at least the longevity of his life and his joints and all that, I mean, that's that right now that's that's kind of the focus to get him where he can he – can, uh, be happy, happier. 
is Mo or, or maybe it's somebody else. When people come up to you on the street and want to ask about a player, who are they usually asking about? Is Mo one of those guys that gets asked a lot about? Mo's number one. Yeah, Mo's number one. <laughs> they don't really ask about anybody else, right? They, they ask me about the quarterback. I don't know who the, even who the quarterbacks are. Like, you're asking the wrong person. <laughs> Mo's number one. <laughs> I've learned an important thing as we end this interview. When the offense comes out in a goal line set, don't run a dime defense. <laughs> Get those corners off the field. <laughs> put, put 10 D linemen on the field and see if you can stop them. <laughs> okay, we're all learning today. E, great to talk to you. Thanks so much. All right, thanks for having me. BYU defensive coordinator Elisa Tuiaki. Putting things in perspective in regard to Mo Longi. Well, he's lost like 50 pounds, but it's all relative. Still a big dude, but 50 pounds is good, right? It's a great start. It's a great start, and that's hilarious about the video game thing. Like Why all, do you have cornerbacks on the field yeah. against the goal line offense? All the esports guys are like, I could be the DC. Come on. Well, and then how about E? Like, no, keep running, hurry up offense, so that your defense has that defense has to stay on the field. And they can't sub. They can't sub, guys. That's next level thinking for a video gamer, right? Now, goal line is the issue there. You don't go goal line. You go punt block. You go everyone in, man. And then you just put the the punt returning. You just be the safety back there. <laughs> Hoping that they Against run the or- goal line offense. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's what I would do back when uh, back before like players wanted to get paid for their image. Come on, what's that all about? Just Wh- kidding. While he was talking about that, and say college football. Ugh. I couldn't help but thinking about the 1996 year NCAA yes. football. 96. It was terrible then. <laughs> but they had all the numbers and players were designed to meet like who the actual players were. So number 12 BYU quarterback was Steve Sarkeesian. Yeah. And the receivers were Kale, Kale Alui, and Kaipo McGuire, and the tight ends were good. And Kale like, would, like, shake the ball. The people were good. Like, yeah. the numbers, like, you'd never drop a pass. Well, they, well, at Fresno State that year, hardly anyone did. 31 <laughs> to 34. <laughs> What's the most intriguing non-quarterback position battle? Your responses to our question of the day next. Plus, who gets the rise and shout? Somebody going to get it. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by DexterLaw.com for help when you need it most. Shout out to today's guests, Zach Katoa and Elisa Tuiaki as our BYU Spring Football All-Access coverage continues. If you missed any of today's show, download the podcast on iTunes or Google Play. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Football. Spring, uh, spring football continues today. This is week four. We'll be live at 110 Eastern time in about 15 minutes on the BYU TV Sports Facebook page with live interviews and reaction. Baseball. Wins the series against Gonzaga two games to one over the weekend. The Cougars beat the Bulldogs on Friday 6-2. to two. The Zags got the final game on Saturday 4-3. to three. The Cougars play at Utah Valley tomorrow. Listen live on BYU Radio. Gymnastics. 21st ranked BYU took second at the Mountain Rim Gymnastics Conference Championship Saturday in Cedar City with a 196. Shannon Hortman Evans won the all around title. Cougars will find out their regional fate today at 4 Eastern on the selection show on NCAA.com. Softball. Upsets 13th ranked Baylor 3 1 thanks to back to back home runs from Caitlin Aldridge and Madison Merrill. BYU pitcher Carissa Viramontes was just named. This week's WCC Pitcher of the Week, Viramontes had a .28 earned run average in 25 and a third innings pitched last week, including against LSU and Baylor. Track and field. Well done. Haley Rogers and Tommy Adagoke 
broke their career records at the Aztec Invitational for track and field. Rogers ran an 11 8 1 in the 100, finishing 10th. And Adagoke took 4th in the long jump with a jump of 7 39. Tennis. BYU men's tennis falls to in state rival 37th ranked Utah 4 3 on Saturday. Lacrosse. The men's team beat Simon Fraser 10 7 in Boise, and the women's team defeated Utah 16 2 on Saturday. Rugby. BYU defeated San Diego State 72-10 on Saturday. The women's rugby team defeated Utah Valley 55 to nothing. Cougars in the major leagues. Jacob Hanneman had a hit and an RBI for the Cubbies on Saturday. And Jacob Brugman had two hits, a run, and two RBIs for Spencer's Orioles yes, yesterday. Yes, he did. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Health. And you need it most. DexterLaw.com. But BYU softball taking down the top 15 team. On the road, well, neutral, uh, in Baylor. BYU softball, nice. Played LSU in game number one of that uh, round-robin tournament to extra innings. Had a a catch that was sports under top ten uh, that robbed a home run that would have won the game from LSU. Like they, They're performing, and Chris Averamontes, .28 earned run average. Really good. Utah State just hired the men's basketball coach, it would appear. Craig Smith is the Utah State new men's basketball coach. There was a thought there that maybe uh, you know there might be guys up for that job that might be in the mix for BYU's assistant coaching job. So we'll see. We'll see how it shakes yeah, out. When will BYU name a new assistant? Next couple of weeks. There's a coaching convention at the Final Four. That is a good place to look. Our question of the day, what's the most intriguing non-quarterback position battle in BYU spring football at Melocopter? says, running back, it's a high-profile position with a lot of potential in the current stable. Yeah, there's some good players in the mix. Absolutely. Our elite tweet of the day from at Kristen1258. Is there any question? What position has brought more anticipation than the punter? Come on, more 4th and 19. You're welcome, Jerem. Is this a Johnny Linhan burner account? Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter. Use hashtag BYUSN. The show is on demand on BYUSN.com. Audio podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and the TuneIn app. For Jerem, I am Spencer. Shout out to Derek McLaughlin. BYU Sports Nation back at it tomorrow at noon Eastern. We'll see you from spring practice.